0: Hi, you're listening to Thoughtful Wellness Revolution, where we believe wellness isn't wellness if it's just for you. We're your hosts, Zara and Hien. And before we get started, please make sure to give us a five-star rating and review. Even though we're a podcast that believes in decolonizing, we're still bound to the algorithm. So every little bit that you can help us out, we really appreciate it. And we thank you for all the support. Let's get into it. Hey, friends. Welcome to the very intro portion of our podcast. And so, Hien and I are just checking in with each other. It's been a while since we recorded one of these. So, maybe this is out of order from everything else, but that's fine. Hien, what's on your mind today?
1: Zara, what's on my mind is that um, it's very early for me, usually. um, But as of late, it's been normal because I, since the last time we recorded an episode, I got a full-time job where I have to wake up early in the morning and go to work. Um, And so this was our, my first time, our first time where we did our interviews in the morning. We usually do it in like the um, afternoon. And so that's on my mind is that for me right now, it's like 7 a.m., but I'm like wide awake and ready to roll. And that's just kind of bizarre. What's on your mind, Zara? (laughs) Um well I'll start by
0: saying I'm a little upset that you're now a morning person because um since getting sick or more sick I've been less of a morning person and I love being a morning person. Um so I'm jealous I wish we could switch. I'll take your morningness and you can have my sleeping. I don't care about sleeping in. I want to get up when the sun is up and I want to start the day like a real basket case. I don't know if that's a term I can use but I said it. Um, But what's on my mind today? What's on my mind is that I've had so many good like. When I got up this morning, I was like, "Oh, this is a great what's on my mind today." Um, Then I had another one last night, and like, that's not the point of this, so I don't remember what they are, and I couldn't remember what they are even if I tried. So, Um, what's on my mind is that I always wish I had a cool thing to say. Um, Yeah. I guess I'm just eternally frustrated with the state of the world. Um, I attended a school board meeting for my local county this week and man, just fucking listen to children. I don't know. That's that's what's on my mind. Um, I am excited from the podcast we just did. I loved our guest. I think Tia Meredith is. So smart, had so much brilliant stuff to say. Sorry, I'm just like getting into it now. Hyen has to go to work. I'm a bit tired. We're, we're doing our best. Um, but yeah, so the podcast today, I loved Kim Meredith. So fucking great. So smart. So much insight about the publishing industry. And her healing journey was really beautiful to hear about. And her life has been so interesting. So I think that's really cool. Is there anything from this podcast, Hyen, that you want to
1: share before our guest gets into the interview? I think that I agree with everything you say. I think she's such an interesting person. I think that like you only hear about, you know, however long the episode was. And I was kind of keeping track of time. It was a little less than 30 minutes long. Um, But we could have had her on for like two hours because she has lived such an interesting life and even where she's at right now like at this point of the recording she's in Croatia with her husband and um she's just really interesting and I think it's really cool to hear someone who has experience in the spiritual publishing or just publishing industry in general to hear them talk because um none of it really surprised me but it is a little bit sad um, but. I am just really glad to have, I'm just glad that we had her on um, because I love listening to her talk. She has a beautiful voice, beautiful presence, um, and we hope you enjoy it. Hey friends, today
0: we're talking to Tia Meredith, a writer, healer, and truth dealer who is currently in Croatia. So Tia, what's on your mind today?
2: You know, I'm, ai uh, I actually woke up really sentimental today, which is very weird for an Aries. <laughs> it's like so anti our vibe to be in our emotions, but I had this really beautiful dream about a friend of mine, like really like in this amphitheater, like just doing her thing. And she's Filipina. And I was just like, I like woke up crying. So I'm in that mood. So I'll try to keep my stuff together <laughs> as we go forward. Yeah.
1: Well, I love and welcome um, the sentimental mood and I like it because there's like a sense of, um, I don't know, it sounds like there's a sense of theater and I love that because I'm a Leo uh, and I want to say that we really welcome you as an Aries because this podcast is also run by two other fire signs, a Zara being a Sagittarius, so we have this like trifecta. Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, um, here right now, and I love that. I think it's special. I always love having um, an Aries and a Sagittarius around because that's when we get when we get wild, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, I know um, from going on your website, peeking a little bit, that uh, you've worn many hats and you've lived a very interesting life, um, and your website in particular. Um, and I, I just checked this last night, uh, so it's recent, it says that you're coming out the closet as a healer in 2023, which, like, what a time. We we really do need more healers, as many as we can get right now. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the journey that led you here, that led you to saying you're a healer in 2023?
2: It was such a you know, I know it's like such a weird statement to say I was coming out of the closet as a healer, but it took me a really, really long time to accept this part of myself because, you know, I was born and raised in Missouri. You know, I am a biracial person. Um, It's super Christian, super conservative. And that's, you know, that's just like the foundation. And I had to really go against that for a long time. I came out of college and I went, and worked for the government. And like my family was so proud of me at this like boring job that I had. And I was like climbing the corporate ladder and I moved to Seattle. And then I went to DC because anybody who works in the government, like that's where you go so that you really become someone. And at that point, I was just over it. Like something happened, something broke in me. You know, I was in a very toxic relationship in Seattle to the point that I had to basically run away from it for my own safety. It was very high levels of narcissistic abuse. And so I think that was that catalyst moment of like starting to ask myself in my life, what is this really about? Like, what do I really care about? And I always had this dream to go to Greece, which again, let's just remind back my friends, like I'm from Missouri. Nobody was thinking about that stuff, like, especially in the age range that I'm in. And I didn't see Mama Mia or any of that kind of stuff. And um, I was like, you know what? I just really want to go to Greece. Like, that's where I want to go. And so I had the resources at that point because I'd really been building, you know, my career for so long. And I booked a trip by myself for like two weeks and went to Greece. And all I did was cry. (laughs) Here's the thing like the most beautiful place on the planet. And I just cried for two weeks because I just hadn't felt in so long. And something started to heal for me on that land. And so when I came back to DC, um, I called a friend of mine on the phone and I was telling her about it and my skin was glowing. Like, there's just something about that Aegean vibe. Like, I mean, I was like golden and she told me, she's like, I've known you for three years and I've never known you to be this happy. Like, I don't care what you have to do, but go back if you can because I'm an Aries and we all know this now. I had to burn everything to the ground. I couldn't just do it. I had to burn it. And so I quit and I like, you know, sold everything I owned and I just left with like two suitcases. And, you know, I know it's a, a long way to get there, but that was like that big piece that had to break. Like I had to break away from Corporate me, I had relaxed hair like the whole time. I had never gone to like my curls, so I'm living in Greece. There is no way I'm getting a relaxer. Like my hair is just going back home. It's just getting more and more natural. And this new artist started to emerge. This person that I am, and I'm still becoming. Um, but yeah, I had went to Delphi, and I just started to unlock. I started to meditate a lot. I started to at that time I was studying a course of miracles. Like I was just experimenting and trying to get back home to myself. Um, but it's just, it's just been that kind of journey just over and over again. You know, I came back, I was in Chicago, San Diego, like it's just been a lot for me to wind up and find transference healing. I studied Reiki like the transference healing is where I came home and said, this is the kind of energy work and practice that I want to do. So that's a short form of that journey, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of different TIAs in there for sure.
1: Yeah. And I'm curious to know, so um, for some context, like what year was this when you decided to I'm going to Greece. And honestly, in my head, the first thing I thought of was Mamma Mia. I was like, oh, Mama Mia vibes. (laughs) Because when I watch Mamma Mia, I feel like I want to leave to Greece as well.
2: (laughs) It is the place to go. This was back in 2013. So you can tell how long, you know, this has been. And there's just, there's 10 years even to that, to this. And I think why I wanted to share it with the two of you and your audience is like, it takes time. And it's okay that it takes time to understand who you are. Like, I think some people are gifted in that space and maybe they have the kind of family and the support system to really be authentic. But, you know, I had a not narcissistic parent and that makes you become a people, ple- there's a lot of different trauma responses to that. Right. But, um, I had to learn. I had to learn to adapt and survive. And so then I had to unlearn all of that to come to this point of transference healing and working with that energy practice.
1: Yeah. I I love that. Um basically what you're sharing. And I know you probably have so much more to sh- share, but just thinking of um it's it's 10 years then, because if it's 2013 and it's 2023 now, that's 10 years. And so uh definitely some things take time and uh definitely with um narcissistic abuse i can imagine how much time is needed like i think people might think especially in wellness spiritual spaces that it can just be like a quick snap fix um but we talk a lot about here about we're we're critical of that like we're very critical of the idea of the spiritual healer or whatever wellness influencer telling us that it's a quick fix cuz um it is not always true probably a lot of times not true can you tell us a little bit more about being a transference healer, like I have done Reiki or, um, not done Reiki, but like I have had Reiki done on me. Um, so I know a little bit about that. Um, what is transference healing?
2: Yeah, it's something that's come out of Australia. So what's so interesting is if you go to Australia, people know what it is, but outside of that, I've had a lot of, um, interesting times trying to explain what it is. Cause I think it's must've been like what Reiki was when it first started is like, how do you explain an energy practice? But transference healing is it's a mixture of different elements that Alexis Cartwright, who is the person who's brought this onto the planet. She's still living, doing her thing in Australia. Um, but there's elements of acupuncture in it. This is all energetic acupuncture. There's sound, there's, uh, crystals there's, so it's a, all these different things mixed together. Animal medicine. Cause I'm, you know, I love the shamanistic vibe. And so when you come into a transference healing session, it would be similar to Reiki in terms of like, I'm not going to touch you, you know? So I'm just working with your energy field, bringing forward things, usually things that are pretty deep, which just happens to be the, the kind of medicine I bring through. So blocks and, um, And things that are just in your field that need to come out and through. And by the way, it's not like this thing that's like, oh my gosh, it's just going to solve everything when it does what happens, you know, when you do it one time, what winds up occurring that I've seen with people who work with me is like those deeper things that need to come to the surface, come there so that you can address them because I really, I'm really anti this whole vibe and energy healing of like, I'm just going to snap my fingers and it's going to go away, or I'm going to wave my hands over you. It really isn't like that. It's like, to me, transference healing is way more empowering because yes, I'm pulling stuff forward. Yes. in a, I guess in a psychic way, you may or may not see something or provide information, but that's not really the point. The point's for you the points for your experience, for you to witness it, to cry those tears that you didn't even know you had. Like it's those kind of things that come up in a transference healing session. But I came to it because last year the hubs and I, and the pug (laughs) left the U S in 2021 now. And we went to originally we're in Croatia. Like I, like we had opened with and We went to the wrong part of Croatia. I'm going to try to say that in the most polite way, but it felt like the Alabama of the U.S. and they weren't feeling this brown child. And uh, so, and my husband's Croatian. So I was like, we got to evacuate the dance floor. So we just wound up on this year of YOLO. Like we had no idea. Like we just had our bags and our dog and we were on trains and it was wild. And we wound up in the U.K., and i went to glastonbury and just like wound up floating into the store called halo avalon there and that's where i met my teacher and just wound up in that journey because i'm just like circling around the uk i was in scotland and all this stuff i'd come back and train in transference healing and i would come back and train again until i was certified so yeah this just life is strange my friends it's so strange
1: that sounds so lovely and serendipitous though like just the way you explain from going to the of Croatia, to hopping on the trains and just going around Europe and the UK. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Zara is half British. Um, So I don't know, Zara, if you want to share any more about that. Um, But I think that's really cool and lovely.
0: Yeah, no, I was gonna say too, I thought, There are so many things I was going to say, but I'm on mute because it's early and I'm tired. Um, (laughs) But uh, I absolutely loved when you were talking about going to Greece and you're like, yeah, it was this beautiful solo trip and I was in such a beautiful place and I was just crying every day Um, because I have also done some solo backpacking, which I don't know if that's what you were doing there. But like traveling alone and like getting away from life, sometimes there is just so much space more to cry because you're like, like it allows a lot to come up but your journey like getting to Croatia and your journey with transference en- and trans- en- transference healing transference energy yeah okay
2: yeah transference um, healing it's- no it's so new I don't blame you this is
0: like the whole thing <laughs> um sounds so beautiful and does like Yan was saying like serendipitous you know what I mean like it would be like you're on this wild journey where like you just like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on, but there's this one thing that like grounds me and is like really drawing me back and to like open me up. And I think that's so beautiful and that you want to share that with everyone. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I just love that. Thank you. Um, I am curious. So we talked a little bit, I don't want to get, we, we want to save this for behind the paywall. So if you all are listening, there's going to be a better conversation there, but you, I don't, because you also mentioned you were doing Course of Miracles, which leads me to Hay House, like you worked with Hay House, correct? I am a little curious if there's anything about that experience you want to share with us, because I have thoughts on the publishing industry, but as someone who's not in it, I think, and someone who is in it with you, I would think you might have more to say about that.
2: Yeah, there's so much going on in the publishing industry, and why I've been so excited to see new imprints like Spirit Bound Press and um, Row House like start to come into the scene. And um, Rebecca, that's that leads Row House, is going to be you know one of the top examples of what goes on behind the scenes, but. I had, when I came back from Greece and wound up in Chicago and then San Diego, I wound up getting a job with Hay House. And I didn't know that that's who I was interviewing for at that point. Um, but I got a job and wound up becoming a senior copywriter within that, within that house. And it was on the digital course side. But being in the publishing house or being in a publishing industry, you're involved, like you're seeing what's going on behind the scenes. And you know, when I was a newbie in the spiritual space and I think regrounding or regetting my footing, I guess it was cool to like talk about crystals and like, there's nothing wrong with that to an extent, but what I started to notice was a couple of things, um, that, that part of the industry becomes very predatory on cotton candy spirituality. That's how it feels to me. Um, and that it's not really healing or working through things. Instead, it's like, you just have to feel good and say affirmations. And like, look, I, I have an airy sun, moon and rising Capricorn. You're not going to get me with affirmations. Like, I just can't, I can't, it doesn't work for me. Like, you know, bless if it does for you, I'm not trying to like discount somebody's journey, but it's really difficult. Um, but I also saw a lot of issues with lack of representation, I mean, that was just immediate. You know, even if you like take a little peruse around the office, you're like, yo, where is everyone? You know, why am I the only one that's here? And I remember very distinctly at one point we were running an online course campaign and I was reviewing like the images for a sales landing page. And I'm just like, where's the diversity? Like, what's happening? I was like, the the women in the photos don't even have curly hair. Like this is how it's not even like skin tone, not like, where is the curl? And I remember going and speaking to the folks about this and I was immediately gaslit immediately. And so like one of the first, you know, somebody said in the office, well, I don't see color. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You don't see me like, but that's the vibe, right? I know y'all are like, we're not together in this, like, It's the way that it just becomes like washed over, erased, um, you know, people who are of any kind of like fringe and it's not fringe by the way, right? Like none of this stuff is fringe, but they act like it's fringe. They don't get the kind of promotion dollars behind it. It's like, oh, you know, they don't sell as well as, you know, ABC and D, you know, author. And also, the internal cultures of those locations would absolutely shock people what it's actually like behind closed doors to work there.
1: Wow. Thank you for sharing about that. I feel like what I've heard is that there is a little bit, or maybe a lot, of spiritual bypassing with the affirmations and feeling good and not really working through things. But, you know, it almost feels as if feeling good equals spirituality. Or, or at least that message that some of um, the spiritual people and companies are putting out, um, which, yeah, that does not work on me as well. Although I do love affirmations itself. Um, that is definitely not the only thing I think of anything. That's just like a starting point, but then I have to do the deeper shadow work or whatever else. Um, and it also sounds like, it sounds like you were probably working in a culture where they felt, followed by the white supremacy values culture set of, you know, denial and avoidance of conflict, uh, probably individualism and just feeling like there's no problem because they don't see color or they're just probably, I mean, if it's a publishing house, they probably feel like it's just business, right? Like it's just business. Like we just want to work on, work on promoting um, the authors and the people and the things that do sell well. Um, And that of course is tied to Capitalism and all that, all the problems with that as well. Um, sorry, I don't know if you have any questions or any thoughts you want to share about this. Um,
0: yeah, no, I found what you had to say very interesting and uh, rang very true for how I felt things were going on within the Hay House publishing world, and you know the I guess I should say the spiritual publishing world, like not like they're special. Um, yeah. Uh.
2: I feel like they're the most well-known. And so I think it's a great example. And I think that also what you're saying is accurate. This is a, this is a systemic issue, right? And I, this is what I love about y'all's podcast. This is a systemic issue. And as Russ Momenicum talks about, this is about white body supremacy. And that's what it happens in that space. And honestly, is more difficult to deal with and call out because of the bypassing. So like, they don't even want to look, they've transcended mind, they've transcended body. It is a way more challenging than you would think of, of just like trolls in a, in some kind of a shared space because they just, they, I don't, I just, I'm good. Like everybody's one, there's oneness. It's like, baby, you haven't experienced oneness. Like I'm looking at you and I know that's not
0: true because of what you just said five minutes ago. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's really interesting because we're talking about white supremacy culture, like within business and within, you know, wellness, but it's like white supremacy, spirituality is a thing where it is that like, we are above it. We are all already one. And it's like, what do you mean? We're all already one because the one, if we're one, like part of us is saying like, Hey, we're not being represented. We're being unfairly discriminated against experiencing hardships. And you're like, yeah but we're already one and it's like okay well then you're not experiencing oneness like I don't know it is very wild um to kind of hear and see all of this going on um I knew just a little bit about what was going on in the publishing world because I followed um Rebecca I cannot remember do you know Rebecca's last name Baruki thank you <laughs> um when, because she came out with a book called Zara's Big Messy Day that turned out okay. And it's like a kid's book about feelings. And I was like, oh, well, I it's got my name. I have to buy it. Um, and then I remember there being a whole thing where they weren't publishing the second round of the book or something was happening where, and then Roe was born, Roe Publishing, Roe House Publishing was born. Um, and I was like, oh, there's like a bigger story to tell there. And I, I really appreciate that you're willing to come on here and even just like a little bit share your experience and what it was like and what's going on there because I do think it's very easy in the wellness world to hear Hay House and be like oh that's a reputable spiritual group but there's a lot of way yeah yeah publishing is
2: yeah publishing acts like trash like I mean let's just call a spade a spade they act like trash and they don't provide equal book deals for folks. Like if you peel back that curtain, even at all, you know, and that's what Rebecca was talking about. She was one of the original whistleblowers on what was happening behind the scenes. Um, and it's not changed y'all. It, it's not, it's like, there's a lot of virtue signaling in my opinion. Um, there's a lot of attempts, but like when you're in the space, like when you're in the office, cause we're all virtual now. Like, you know, that the the movement is so small, like it's such micro steps. Like if I'm literally in a space and I'm still experiencing microaggressions within that space, you think like, that's not going to translate over to the artists and the authors and these beautiful souls that are like putting their heart and soul into things. Like, absolutely it is like, it just is. And that's what's so I'm in this bridge spot, you know, like I used to feel very honored like i'm i'm behind the scenes right i can finally like do something to elevate these voices and you just become one voice in an echo chamber and you really do and it's very frustrating and it's it's really starting to tear me down to be transparent like i'm i'm like spirit what else do you want me to do like i don't i'm tired and i don't i don't know how to bring this in or change this anymore than just existing in the space
0: um, absolutely. And I think you've raised a really beautiful point there where it is, like, how, like, I think Hien and I've talked about it maybe on the podcast before of, like, do you fix the system by being in the system and saying, hey, please, there's a problem, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, you know, and you're maybe the only one screaming about it, or do you break out of it and say, like, uh, Rebecca, like, Rebecca with Rojas Publishing, whose last name I can't remember, and I am really deeply apologetic for that, but, um, you know and you say no actually let me just build something new you know what i mean and it is really the fine line because like as like we can't just say oh no more systems we're done with all of them because they still exist and they're still pumping out stuff so it really is like i don't i appreciate you sharing like your internal i guess i'll say quote unquote battle about it because do I stay here and do I keep fighting the fight or do I like move out or like, what do I do? And I think, you know, it is a spiritual journey and it is a personal journey. And I think it's really beautiful that you're willing to share that. So thank you. Well, thanks. Um, and um, also, so at this point in the interview, we do want to talk more about this, but we'll save that for behind, you know, our bonus episode. So that we have cool stuff to talk about there. Um, and so we don't go out too late because Yan has to go to work. Um, but What, so generally at this point, we ask our guests, what's one thing you want to see more of in wellness and what's one thing you want to see less of in wellness? And that can be in context of publishing, context of your work with energy transference or just in general.
2: I mean, I would just like to see, I would like to see true diversity. I would like to see truly elevated voices. I would like to see folks who are in their wisdom who have translated their knowledge and understanding into wisdom. And what I see a lot of and what I wind up having to uphold in this system are people who are audacious and they're not grounded and they're not, and some of them are very uncool people behind the scenes. They're not kind and that's what I crave in this space that like even diversity of ideas, like where are my hoodoo people, you know, where are there's like these whole vibes out here like things that where are my tea leaf readers like they're out here doing beautiful things moving the planet, moving energy, like really working with Mother Earth and and other things I don't even know about right I don't know maybe they're doing some star child stuff. But that's what I'm looking for. And that's what I, I pray for in this space is that level of diversity, both physically and also just practice wise and wise and wise, not, uh, not doing the most.
1: And how can people get in touch with you or learn more about your work?
2: I am. So, my website, I'm always like modifying as I go because y'all have, have mentioned, like, I, I'm still there's still things I'm doing. So, tiameredith.com. And then I'm usually uh, at writer on Instagram. I am loading my stories up with my TikTok curations, which is like one of my favorite things to do. So, those are the two best places to find me.
1: We really appreciate having you. And thank you so much for sharing about your journey and more about the spiritual publishing industry. Um, and Also, I just want to say you have such a beautiful podcast voice. I know you also have a podcast. I don't know if that's something you want to plug as well. People want to hear more of your beautiful voice. Where can they listen?
2: Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. Courage unknown. I did one season. I'd had 34 episodes. I'm thinking about rebooting it. I'm trying to figure out if I want to like also do a visual with YouTube. But yeah, that's if you want to hear about what the year YOLO was like that, that podcast series will tell you exactly what happened.
1: Thank you. So this is the post-interview with Tia, and I really enjoyed it. I think that, first of all, she has a lovely, lovely podcast voice, and second of all, I really enjoyed her energy, and I find her life so interesting and her insights onto the spiritual publishing industry so interesting and you know she's just someone that I hope to continue to keep in touch with honestly it's kind of where my mind's at how about you Zara any thoughts or reflections from the interview um yeah
0: I feel similarly I
1: was
0: excited when she emailed us and I was like oh she sounds very cool um but to actually speak to her and know how cool she is, I was like, oh, my gosh, she looks like, so much cooler than I would have, like, even been able to guess, you know? Um, and I just found what she, like, her experience and her life insights I found really, help, like, beautiful. And then I also found her insights, obviously, about the publishing world very interesting, um, particularly, you know, as we are in a world where we've got a lot of spiritual bypassing and nonsense and things going on. So it's really nice to hear from someone who's like been in the space. Um, and I just want to go to Greece now. I've wanted to go to Greece for a while, but now I'm like, now we have to go to Greece because she had such a beautiful experience crying in Greece.
1: <laughs> yeah, right on. I, um, I feel that. I, I think what I really appreciate about her is she shared her about her life experience and how like traveling was a part of that or is a part of that like she's living in Croatia right now and I just find people who are able to do that so cool and like not that like I couldn't also figure it out um but I guess because at this current point in my life I haven't yet figured that out um to just go where I want to go and just do it um it's really nice to know that there's other people who exist who are able to do that, especially other, you know, um, BIPOC who are able to do that. And um, I just so find it interesting how, like all the places life takes her, um, like how that just ends up happening and how she ended up finding, being in England and finding Transference Healing. And I think that's a really cool it's always a really cool thing where like when you don't know um where life is taking you, or like you might know sort of like I mean, I'm she knew she was in England, she knew she was like traveling throughout Europe that year, but like you don't know what you'll find until you get there. And like, I don't know, there's something about it that like warms like the wanderlust traveling heart in me that's like, oh, I want to do that. I want to go somewhere and like not really know what I find until I get there and realize it was probably meant to be. I don't know corny but that's kind of like I really like feeling that way um
0: yeah as someone who did a lot of solo backpacking and just a lot of travel in general I love that and it makes me I'm not gonna lie I feel a little sad that I can't do that right now and don't have that ability um but this is a fun podcast so we're not talking about that um Yeah, no, I thought the transference energy thing was really great. I think there is something very serendipitous about travel and like, I'm not saying you can't have that experience on the road or at home or like in your everyday life, but there is just very something that can be serendipitous about like meeting the right people or like running into the right thing. And like, and there is just something about, and it's not about travel per se, it's about being out in the world and being like so open to new experience, you know what I mean? And just like what comes your way? Cause there is such a thing that like, when you're in your everyday life you go to your coffee shop you drive the same route like you do your you go to work every day you go to your gradual, like whatever your like routine things are so you're kind of running into the you're like in the same energy all the time so there is something about like travel or like doing something different or like just like changing your routine up or going somewhere else that is like so like it, i don't know what you're saying like there, the feeling of like meant to be of it all like when you just like are into the unknown in whatever realm that is.
1: Yeah, that's that's for sure. Uh, do you wanna share any of your reflections on what she had to share about her past uh, working experience at Hay House? I mean, we'll just say now and plug it that if you listen to our bonus episode, um, subscribe for $5 a month to get bonus content, then you can hear more about what she has to say about working in spiritual publishing. Um, but just some of the things she shared about Hay House. I'm like, wow, that's kind of juicy. Um, uh-huh. and also both not surprising and like disappointing.
0: Um, yes. Yeah. I found it both fascinating and unsurprising because I mean, we all know at this point that if you don't know that the wellness world is just like a minefield of potential QAnon rabbit holes, you can fall down, you know what I mean? Uh, surprise, it is. And a lot of that comes from publishing companies that as, stop, sorry, my dog. that um, as Tia said during our interview, like. It does very much come from like spiritual bypassing, white body supremacy, like when you have those values that are like ingrained in your publishing house and ingrained in what you're doing, um, it's very easy to fall down these QAnon rabbit holes because a lot of that shit is based in Nazi eugenics. If you don't like, sorry, I just learned recently that organic food, Nazis, from Nazis, Um, Sorry, I'm not trying to make everything about (laughs) Nazis right now, but it's, you know, they're seeping into the world everywhere we are. And it is really interesting to hear, you know, because I think a lot of like in spiritual awareness in general, people are always like, oh, but like, you know, they light up inside or like they're so aligned or things just work out or whatever, whatever. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't mean you're a good person. It doesn't mean you're actually doing the work of every day, sitting and being like, oof, did I do that? Was I mean to that person that way? Or did I do this thing that way? Also, I saw, sorry, I'm going to let you talk for a minute because now I'm being flooded with a bunch of things I want to say. And some of them pertain to our bonus episode, which you guys definitely want to check out. We're not like trying to plug it to like really get people. I mean, we are obviously trying to get people onto our bonus Episodes, but this one is so good that y'all need to hear.
1: I guess, like, what's on my mind with all this right now is just thinking about how different, I don't know, oppressive systems are interlocking and support each other because, you know, the spiritual bypassing serves who or what? It serves white supremacy, it serves capitalism it serves, you know, ableism and eugenics and whatever weird stuff right-wing Nazi types of folks are into, right? And so, and it is really, it's frightening how much it's seeping into our world, right? Like, it is frightening how much, I don't know what you want to call it, like, right-wing backlash we get to, like, any ounce of progress we have made as a society gets, like, a big backlash. Um, of, like, people wanting to take us backwards. Um, So I don't know. It is, it's hard to, like, reckon with because, like, not to say that, like, people who are involved in spiritual publishing are all, like, super right-wing or anything, but I think it's, like, um, they might not be, but if you're engaging in spiritual bypassing, you're probably enabling the more scary right-wing ideas without you knowing it (laughs) or like whether you know it or not you're probably enabling it and so yeah I don't know it's like a big big systemic issue thing and I I find it like a little bit disheartening but then also just like knowing that like oh that's a reality in like so many other industries and fields that like I know that people will find the right solutions and whatnot to it, like how um Rebecca Baruki of Row House Publishing is like someone who is doing something to show that there's a different way than just your typical publishing industry spiritual bypassing place. Um, and you know, I know there's gonna be other people in time who will be doing that work. So maybe that is where, maybe that's what it's about, is to find the people who are like us, who are doing the things to show that there's a way of doing things differently and just supporting them and following them. And so, yeah, that's just, that's some of my reflection on that. But Zara, feel free to like share more, whatever you felt like you had a lot to say, because I always want to hear. Um yeah one I want to add
0: to what you're saying is yes very much it's finding the people who are doing the things differently and putting your time and attention and energy into those because like when we look at the big system uh it's so fucking overwhelming when you're like oh cool white supremacy has invaded spiritual publishing the police department federal government many other systems I don't feel like getting into because I'm not trying to cry this early in the morning um, you know what I mean? It's like hard, but there are so many people who are doing it. And I also love that you also looked up Rebecca Baruki's last name uh, in between. Because <laughs> I looked it up this morning, like, have to remember to say that properly this time. Because um, we're recording us at a different time than when we recorded our interview, which is okay, everyone. We're doing it fine. We're doing it different. Um, but... Yeah. I uh I even though we, we talk about this more on our substack episode, our bonus episodes, you guys will want to check that out. I am publicly like kind of promoing it again, but it's because I want to take a second um, to talk about Marianne Williamson, um where a lot of non-intending to be like people who think they're liberal or left leaning, who are like, yeah, sh-, who are but are like spiritual and spiritually bypassing. I saw a clip on TikTok where someone was talking about it. I saw someone responding to the way someone was talking about it, but, uh, she was like, oh, she's saying all the right things, but you just don't get a good vibe from her. That's why you don't want to vote for her. And it's like, yeah that's your intuition saying something's wrong here and I don't know what it is. So you like listen to that. um, And the vibe you're all getting is that she heavily promotes eugenics and ableism through A Course in Miracles and a lot of the other Christian-based work she does. And when we have people like the representative in North Carolina who ran as a Democrat, got voted in as a Democrat and then said, surprise, I'm going to switch my party affiliation once in office, you know, like, we can't have people like Marianne Williamson, who honestly just seems like she wants an important position of power, and then she can say, see, look what manifestation can do for you, I manifested myself to be the president, join A Course in Miracles, or whatever bullshit thing I'm selling now, you know, like, if she really wanted to be an why is she not trying to hold public office sorry i know this is now just like a marianne williamson rant but i do feel like people need to talk to her, talk about it because too many people on the left are like yeah but she's got some good ideas and it's like yeah because she stole them from actual public officials who are like working public servants and people with good ideas and black and brown folks which is unsurprising sorry I'm, like, now on a high horse about Marianne Williamson, and I can't stop myself, so, Ken, yeah, do you have anything to say about Marianne Williamson? Yeah, I mean,
1: I think that, first of all, I'm not too worried about her in terms of, like, the things that you are saying that are true, that's, like, worth you know, talking about, I'm not too worried, because I really don't think she's going to go that far in her, you know, political aspirations. And so like, there's like that one sort of maybe good slash hopeful part of it is I really don't think she'll go that far. Um, But I guess the other thing is like, it is really difficult to, I guess where my mind's at with this is that it's hard to have like, I, I feel like, I don't know what it is, but I think, I feel like it's hard to have, like, a good um, spiritual, maybe not a good spiritual leader, but, like, a trustworthy spiritual leader around, because, I mean, that is what Marianne sells herself as, right, is the thing about her that's so different than everyone else who has political aspirations right now is, like, she's, quote, spiritual, and spiritual in, like, not just christian but in the more new agey woo woo way which can really appeal to a lot of people and can feel interesting or healing or whatever um but then it is like you said like but also she's very problematic and i do and i have thought about it i have thought about like why is she running for president And not for like, I don't know, her little local office, like where she can really, you know, impact, like if she supposedly has good ideas and is doing it for the people, right? Like if her supposed motivation is for the people, and like, helping them with whatever on a spiritual level, as well as not, then why is she not doing it on a smaller scale first, just to get that experience and see if she can do it? Like she goes for the highest office and like, she wouldn't say it's that because of this, but I definitely know it's because of her ego. <laughs> like, that's this is the funny thing about these co- so-called spiritual leaders, right? It's like, no matter what they preach and what they say, when you look at their actions, um, I do think she has ego stuff. I don't even know if she knows, but that doesn't matter. It's just kind of like, oh, okay, you have ego stuff. And like, the more I think about it, it makes me sad because like, I am one of the people who on the left, he was like, well, she does have some good ideas and she ha- is saying stuff that a lot of us would agree with or would want, is um I just don't think she's doing it for the right reasons and I honestly feel she is a grifter and it makes me sad because like I I would prefer that she wasn't, you know, like I would prefer that she wasn't super problematic and that she would want to learn about how the things she said in the past is harmful. But I've never really heard her like go back and say, like, yeah, I once said this and I don't agree with it anymore. I really feel this way instead. Like there's no like reconciliation of anything. It's just like good vibes only, moving forward. And I I mean, of course, right. Um so, yeah, I guess that's how I feel. It's like, I, I do wish we had good, um, trustworthy spiritual leaders just in anywhere. Like not saying it has to be in spiritual publishing, but just anywhere. And, you know, Tia does have more to say about her in the bonus episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Zara, what's your take on that? Just in terms of thinking about so-called spiritual leaders in general.
0: Um, I'm actually going to ask that because you made an important point that I think Seeds into what we're talking about which you were like you know she is spiritual and not in the christian sense and in the woo woo sense which a lot of people in this country will like and it's like of course a lot of people in this country will like it we're a country that one is bearing very close we're running very close to being a christo fascist nation and two we're a country that has depended on christian supremacy and what you know what i mean and people have not deconstructed their relationship to the faith. A lot of people like, I noticed this with a lot of like atheists who are like really hardcore, like almost like cruel and pedantic, not pedantic, like, um, gosh, condescending about their atheism. And it's like, yeah, it's just the same values as your Christianity. You've just repurposed them to say God is not real. Um, so I that's where I think someone like Marianne Williamson could be dangerous. Cause just like we said, Oh, Donald Trump, isn't going to get very far. He's an idiot. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, she preys on what she's preying on what this country is lacking, which is a spiritual and moral and value centered approach to life. And she is a grifter who is trying to sell people like, yeah, let's just like get, things back. Let's move things forward. And like, yeah, but what has she proven that she can do that in? You know what I mean? She has no experience or understanding of the job. Um, And she has a history of not addressing her issues. She just goes back and says, oh, I said a thing about Black and Brown people just like wanting that experience. And that's why they've chosen to come into this hard life you know, actually, no, no, reparations, you know, and it's, like, I mean, yes, reparations, but also (laughs) you haven't addressed the internalized, what is a relatable white supremacy value of, like, you know, we, you, you have to believe you're in the right place, in the better place, and that's it, and if you have a bad experience, it's your fault, like, That's dangerous to tell people, particularly in a system and a structure that is actively designed to harm some people and actively designed to help others. Um, So I don't know. I have a lot of fears and worries about Marianne Williamson. I don't know that she'd make it to the primary because our good old buddy Joe Biden's running again because... Uh, sorry, I just got a long sad stare off distanced look thinking about that reality, and I don't know what I want to say about it. But Ian, do you have
1: anything to say about what I said or Joe Biden? No, I don't because I feel like, um I I don't have a lot to say about it because I feel like, uh, it's gonna play out it's gonna play out how it's gonna play out. And do I ha- feel good about any of it? No, but like it is gonna play out how it's gonna play out, <laughs> and I really don't think um, Marianne's gonna really go very far. And if she does, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't like saying this as like a positive way, a positive thing to say, because it's not. But it's like I kind of do feel like so many of us lived through the Trump presidency once already, and I. Wish we didn't have to, but we did. And so if we were to, for whatever reason, get a Marianne presidency, which I find very unlikely, we'll do what we have to do. Like, like I guess I sound really naive, but I'm just putting my trust in like one day at a time. It is what it is. The people I know will rally and do what we gotta do. Um that's kind of where my mind is at. Like I know it's probably really unexpected to hear from a four, but early this morning, that's where my mind is at, is like. It is what it is. And and I really believe and trust in um, the people who are on the right side of history. I really do trust that we will do what we have to do to survive. Like maybe not win in all the ways we want to win, but to survive. Um, I do believe in that.
0: I think that's a beautiful sentiment. Um, Yeah, let's all survive.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so I guess we leave you with that message Um, to survive. But then, you know, also going back to Tia's interview, you know, I hope you have a serendipitous week, serendipitous life, you know, I hope you are able to do the things that might seem scary to you, whether that's like traveling that's traveling to Greece. That's what it was for her um, or just something else, something new. And I hope you find where you're meant to be and where um, find what you're meant to find out there. That's, that's like my, my that's going to be what I'm going to say to wrap, wrap this episode up. Anything else, Zara?
0: I think that's a great message to leave it on all. Uh, we wish you a serendipitous life.
1: Thank you for listening to the Thoughtful Wellness Revolution podcast. For bonus content, you can go to thoughtfulwellnessrevolution.substack.com and subscribe for $5 a month. You can also follow us on Instagram at thoughtfulwellnessrevolution to share your thoughts. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you're listening.